0: Ohio Republicans are taking a sledgehammer to democracy. In their latest act, they are trying to hold an illegally scheduled election to make it harder for voters to amend their state's constitution. This is Defending Democracy, a weekly podcast from Democracy Ducket. We're your hosts. I'm Mark Elias.
1: And I'm Paige Moskowitz. Let's get started.
0: We spend a lot of time on our podcasts and in the pieces that Democracy Docket writes focused on convincing people that the rules of elections matter, that whether you have early voting or no early voting could affect the outcome of who's able to vote and the outcome of the election. And, Paige, recently in the state of Ohio, we've gotten to see really up close how much intensity there is, how much effort is put into affecting the rules, precisely because changing the rules, Republicans think, will benefit them substantively in what happens at elections. So, Paige, fill us in on what's going on in Ohio, what Republicans are trying to do, and why this is something that everyone who cares about democracy should be paying attention to.
1: We talk about Ohio a lot, usually in the context of redistricting. This time, Republicans have another trick up their sleeve. Republicans in Ohio have recently passed a proposed constitutional amendment that would raise the threshold for voters to amend the Constitution. So right now, for Ohioans to change the state constitution, there is a proposed amendment, they gather signatures, it's certified, it goes onto the ballot, and it takes a simple majority of Ohio voters to approve an amendment.
0: Okay, so right now, if I wanted to amend the constitution in Ohio, I would come up with a proposed amendment. I'd circulate petitions, collect signatures. It would then go on the ballot and it would have to get 50% plus one in order to pass, and then it would be in the state constitution.
1: Right. And this is how Ohioans got redistricting reforms into the state constitution. They banned partisan gerrymandering. They put together a redistricting commission. They changed their whole redistricting process through a constitutional amendment ballot measure that a majority of Ohio voters approved.
0: And that's all it needed. It just needed 50% 50 plus
1: one. one. What is happening now is that Republicans want to change that threshold. So it's no longer a 50% plus one majority, but they want to raise it to 60% of voters must approve an amendment for it to go into the Constitution.
0: So this will make it substantially harder to amend the Ohio Constitution.
1: It makes it harder to amend the Constitution, but— This amendment, called SJR2, also makes it harder to get a constitutional amendment onto the ballot. So it raises the requirements. It doubles the number of counties voters have to gather signatures from to get an amendment on the ballot. And it also eliminates what's known as a cure period for the group or organization running this constitutional amendment initiative to get additional signatures if the state says that some of the petition signatures they've gathered, they aren't valid, they don't know who, where they're from. So it makes it harder to get a constitutional amendment on the ballot. And it also makes it harder for voters to approve that amendment.
0: Okay. So it at the signature gathering phase, it makes it harder. It then makes the Review of the signatures more draconian. So when you submit signatures to get a ballot, get something on the ballot, the state reviews to see whether or not you have enough signatures. And in the course of reviewing whether or not you have enough signatures, inevitably some signatures don't don't suffice. They're by voters who are not eligible, or they're illegible, or something is wrong with the signature. So states allow what you refer to as a cure period so that if, if you're short some signatures after that review, you can fix them or add them.
1: Right, people may be familiar with a CURE program when it comes to mail-in ballots. That's your opportunity to fix a mistake on a mail-in ballot after it's been submitted to an election officials. It's part of the democratic process to say, hey, we see you're trying to make your voice heard, you made a mistake, here's your chance to correct it. And Republicans are trying to eliminate that in Ohio.
0: Right. And then, assuming you can overcome all of those hurdles, then it goes on the ballot, and rather than needing 50 percent, a majority, it now needs 60 percent. Paige, this feels like something that is not by happenstance. So what's the story behind this?
1: No, not at all. So, like I said, voters in Ohio use this constitutional amendment process to get redistricting reforms into the state constitution. In general, ballot measures like this, state constitutional amendment processes like this, have been used in states to get progressive policies implemented without having to get approval from a legislature that doesn't like them. So, for example, In Florida, you may remember Amendment 4. It helps people with felony convictions regain their right to vote. In Missouri, voters use this ballot measure process to expand Medicaid, raise the minimum wage. It's used to implement progressive policies across the nation. And Republicans don't like that, which is why you saw lawmakers this session in Missouri, in Florida, in Ohio— Try to pass these proposals to make it harder for voters to amend their own state constitution and for voters to participate in direct democracy.
0: And and as someone from uh, from the Northeast, where you know there's not really a, as much of a history of ballot initiatives, it's hard to it's hard to appreciate these these ballot initiative efforts that go on in states like Florida, like in Missouri, like in Ohio, and elsewhere. They're extremely popular with voters, right? I mean, voters want that opportunity to to engage in direct democracy by being able to put things on the ballot and vote for them.
1: Right. It's extremely popular in Michigan. In November, we saw an abortion measure and a voting rights measure get overwhelming approval from voters who said, yes, we do want our state to protect voting rights. We do want our state to protect abortion. And lawmakers gave them that chance and didn't try to put up these roadblocks to keep the people from making their voice heard.
0: So you mention abortion. That, that I suspect, is what's part of what is driving this, right, is, the, is an effort, you know, the Supreme Court said, let's send it back to the states. Now, all of a sudden, these Republican politicians are not so happy that people's voices are being heard on this issue. And it feels like that's part of what's going on.
1: It's not part of what's going on here in Ohio, Mark. It is the heart of the matter. There is expected to be a constitutional amendment proposal on the ballot in November to enshrine abortion rights in the Ohio constitution. A recent poll showed that 59% of Ohioans support protecting reproductive health care and abortion access in the Ohio constitution.
0: Right, so it seems pretty clear that if you have a 50% threshold that initiative would likely pass, whereas if you move the threshold to 60%, it becomes more of a toss-up.
1: Right, and we know that this initiative to raise the threshold is directly targeting this expected abortion measure in November, because lawmakers set a special election for August to raise the threshold, which would mean if this amendment passes, or if this election actually happens, which we'll get into in a bit, in November, it would take 60% of the vote to protect abortion rights in Ohio instead of 50% plus one.
0: Okay, let's talk about the, the travesty of, of what Ohio's Republicans are doing to democracy here. Because you mentioned that they have set an August special election in order to rush this change in process to affect the outcome of the substantive policy, abortion, that that will be on the ballot in November. And that seems crazy because, like, who wants to hold an election in, in August? And as I recall, it was actually Ohio's Republicans that recently said we shouldn't be holding elections in August.
1: Right. It was six months ago that Ohio Republicans passed a major elections law, HB 458, which did a number of things like institute strict voter ID requirements. It affected mail-in voting. But also part of that law was a prohibition on statewide elections in August, except in very, very limited circumstances.
0: I mean, this is crazy, right? I mean, like literally six months ago, Ohio Republicans were passing a voter suppression bill. And along the way, they said, hey, why don't we also get rid of these August elections because they have exceptionally low turnout. I think um, Republican Secretary of State Frank LaRose said that August elections were "quote bad for uh, for the civic health of Ohio." And you know, in August of of twenty twenty two, there was a special election for state house primaries that had an eight percent turnout rate. So, I mean, you've got a good reason for not having August elections. Republicans actually champion that reason, which is low turnout, and I assume a lot of expense on the part of counties and election officials to hold these elections in August. And now here we are where they want to change the rules in order to affect the outcome. And we're back with August Election. We're back with an August election
1: that is expected to cost about $20 million just so lawmakers can make it harder for voters to make their voice heard and amend their own state constitution in order to prevent an abortion measure from passing in November.
0: Right. And this is why, as I said at the top, everyone, the rules matter. Like the rules matter. You know, the difference between an election being in August or an election being in November may seem like a neutral decision. It's not a neutral decision. The decision about whether or not you can cure deficient petition signatures or what the threshold is for petition signatures is not neutral. And certainly changing the threshold from 50 percent to 60 percent is not a neutral change in the law. This is a law that is this is a change that is being intended to influence what the outcome of that election is. So when the media then says an abortion measure passed or an abortion measure failed in Ohio, it will be part of a narrative that will omit the fact that the Republicans rigged the rules to try to affect that outcome. And Mark,
1: let's really underscore the irony of this whole situation which again is that it's going to take a simple majority of 50% plus one vote to raise the threshold to 60%. This change is being championed by lawmakers who six months ago said August elections are bad because they are too expensive. They cost way too much money. And that these lawmakers are currently representing legislative districts that the state Supreme Court said violates the state constitution because they are gerrymandered to unfairly benefit Republicans.
0: Yeah. And those maps that are in place, Secretary LaRose called asinine. That was his word.
1: We really should highlight LaRose's role in this whole situation, the Secretary of State, because he was one of the first ones to say that August elections are bad. He supported these gerrymandering maps. He called them asinine, but still voted for them and is actively taking a part in trying to squash the voices of Ohio voters as the Secretary of State.
0: Yeah, which by the way, his job oddly enough is to promote the interests of voters. So, so the fact that he's taking an active role in squashing their voice is, is um, really disgusting. But Paige, we've described kind of like where we are in Ohio, but where, where are we going? Where, where, where does this all stand?
1: Where we go is where it usually goes, which is a courtroom. There have been two lawsuits filed objecting to different circumstances about this proposed constitutional amendment that come from voters and a group called One Person, One Vote. They're protesting this constitutional amendment. The first lawsuit uh, claims that it is illegal for there to be an August special election about this ballot measure. That goes back to the law. The legislature passed six months ago saying there shouldn't be any August special election. Because
0: LaRose said it is bad for the civic health of Ohio. Right.
1: right. So this first lawsuit says you shouldn't be having an election in August at all. You passed your own law that says August elections are bad and can't be held.
0: All right. So, So tell me about the second lawsuit.
1: So now we have a second lawsuit, which is challenging the actual language of the ballot measure voters and civic organizations are saying that the amendment title and the language of the ballot measure is inaccurate and it quotes improperly and misleadingly favors the amendment. Simply they're saying the language is confusing and it's not fully explaining to Ohio voters what they're being asked to change.
0: Right. The, the title is like you know, we love kittens and puppies. When in fact, it's like for a puppy mill bill, right? <laughs> it's like, it's 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 misleading, and that is, of course, a further assault on democracy. Page in full disclosure, my law firm is counsel in both of those two lawsuits, um, and I know it is something that Democracy Docket is uh, is covering. These have to, I assume, be moving very fast because. We are heading towards an August primary. So they were filed directly in the state Supreme Court, so they should move fast. But, Paige, what do the election officials think of all this, right? Because they're they're the ones who have to actually run an election in the middle of August.
1: Right. And a lot of election officials actually supported getting rid of August elections because they said it was hard to, you know, recruit poll workers and get venues available for polling locations during August when people tend to be on vacation. So now that they have this surprise August election sprung on them with month's notice, NPR is reporting that local officials have had issues getting this election together. You know, they don't have enough poll workers. They haven't been able to secure venues. Oh, by the way, they also have to enact all of these new election changes for November that come from HB 458, the voter suppression law enacted in January. And in August, you have a bunch of filing deadlines for candidates for November. If this election is actually held, you're asking election officials to put on hold all of their preparation for November so lawmakers can make it harder for voters to amend the state constitution in August.
0: Right. And what everyone who listens to this needs to realize is that they're doing this. Republicans are doing all of these backflips. Changing the rules to get something on the ballot, changing the rules of what the threshold will be to amend the Constitution, holding an August election right after they said you can't hold August elections. They're doing all of this because they want to affect the outcome. And the outcome they want to affect is they want to make it harder for a woman to exercise her fundamental rights. And so they're willing to bend all of the rules of elections of democracy in order to affect that. So when you hear us say that the rules of elections matter, this is what we mean. And when you see that these two cases are now pending before the Ohio Supreme Court, that's what we mean when we say democracy is on the docket, like literally the future of democracy of being able to amend the state constitution in ohio is on the docket before the ohio supreme court and we just all have to hope that the ohio supreme court will do the right thing by voters and the right thing for democracy rather than the right thing for partisan republicans trying to rig the outcome
1: I think it's important to mention the public-facing reason Republicans say that this amendment is necessary, why it is needed to raise the threshold, is to protect the Ohio Constitution from special interest groups. They're saying that there are out-of-state special interest groups trying to amend the Ohio Constitution. And as Katie Shanahan, one of our Democracy Docket contributors, she writes in one of her latest pieces that, quote, the special interests the Republicans are so afraid of are actually just the voters.
0: You can find all of the cases, court filings, and articles we mentioned today linked in the description of this episode. Thanks for listening to Defending Democracy. If you've enjoyed our episode, leave us a review. To find out more and stay up to date on the latest voting rights and election news, visit democracydocket.com and click on subscribe to receive our free daily and weekly newsletters. We'll see you next time. Today's episode was produced by Paige Moskowitz and Sophie Feldman. It was edited by Paige Moskowitz. Defending Democracy is a production of Democracy Docket, LLC.